0: Happy Monday, everybody. It's 10 o'clock. It's uh, time for 10 with Tim. I'll be really honest with you. I typically record Monday's 10 with Tim on Fridays. So I don't always tell you that because it's just confusing and you don't care. But uh, I put on a different shirt or I throw a shirt on over my other shirt, which is what I did today, and uh, and so I'm recording on Friday for Monday, which means I have no idea what kind of weather you're having today. Um, I got an idea, because I know what's supposed to be coming, and uh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, wow, I hope it was all wrong, I hope it's not zero, I hope we're not sitting in snow right now on Monday, right now on Friday, it's windy, and it's about 40 degrees, but that's supposed to, the bottom's going to drop out. So anyway, I I don't know what kind of Monday you're having, but we're going to be in the Word together. And uh, we're in Exodus chapter 34. So again, happy Monday to you. Uh, Can't wait to find out what the weather's like. I love chapter 34 i really do now uh let's let's jump right in Uh, we had two full chapters dealing with israel's apostasy they're turning away their worship of the golden calf and and then that drama like is god gonna go with them now is he gonna live with them is he gonna tabernacle with them like how's this gonna work how can a holy god dwell in the presence of a people who can't be anything but sinful I, i mean you know Like back when they said, we're going to obey everything you said, you and I both said, yes, say you are one more time. I mean, you know, we knew they weren't going to do that. We know they can't be righteous. We know they can't keep all those laws. You know, when they're standing back there saying, we're going to do everything God says, say you are one more time, because we know you're not. We know that we're sinners. And we can't dwell in the presence of a holy God. And we can make an agreement, a covenant, but we all know we can't keep it. And that's what everybody just found out in the book of Exodus for the first time, I guess. And so, chapter thirty-four is miraculous and truly a revelation in terms of salvation history. God starts something brand new here, and in the Old Testament, you know, we get something brand new that we have not imagined possible and that hasn't been seen yet, and yet God does it anyway. And it's just, just beautiful. So we just sort of start over this is not renewing the old covenant you know because that covenant's broke it just is i mean it's not just that moses smashed the two stone tablets which he did now i think it's kind of funny here that god says uh, i'm gonna bring back two stone tablets and i write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed <laughs> it's like God's so subtle you know they were on the tablets I I wrote it once but they were on those tablets you smashed that really wasn't part of our plan you know Uh, but anyway Moses smashed them God just gently reminds him yeah you smashed those but bring me back two more stone tablets I'll I write it down again Uh, one of the mysteries in chapter 34 is like who's writing Uh, what verse is it a Verses 27 and 28. I'm jumping ahead, but verse 27, the Lord says to Moses, write down all these instructions. So Moses is writing. But then in verse 28, it says, and then uh, in that time, Moses didn't eat or drink. He didn't eat any bread, drink no water. And the Lord wrote the words of the covenant so it's like what who's writing you know, who's who's writing well it seems to me and I think this is the scholarly consensus not that I'm a scholar but I think the scholarly consensus is that the stone tablets have the 10 words the 10 commandments so to speak that's what God writes with his finger and all this other extrapolations you know amendments and, uh, and various codes of holiness, <clears throat> all of those I think are written in Moses' hand. Moses keeps a notebook and he writes that stuff so he can you know, preach that to the people from now to eternity. Uh, so anyway, uh, Moses is back on the mountain with God. God um, writes upon those stone tablets and, and it's glorious. But notice also, um, if, if we were still a little bit wondering, how's God going to keep his promise from previous chapter when he said, okay, I, I will live among you. Like, how's that going to work? Because these people are rotten to the core. And and this is what's beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful. So the Lord came down in a cloud, stood there with Moses, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. Again, God once more calls out his own name. He's the only one authorized to say that name so holy. And then the Lord passed in front of Moses one more time. And and this time God calls out It's this amazing self-revelation. Now, these words are found sort of throughout the Old Testament. It becomes a famous confession, but but God says them first. God says, you know, Yahweh the Lord, he says his own name, and then he reveals that he is a God of compassion and mercy. Now, previously, when Moses was hidden in the cleft of the rock and God passed by and said his name, part of what he said then was, I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. Well, that's kind of new but here uh, in, in chapter 34 i am slow to anger filled with unfailing love and faithfulness i lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations i forgive iniquity rebellion and sin i don't excuse the guilty but uh i forgive this is new I mean, again, we're Christians, so we've read the New Testament, so we kind of read the whole Bible backwards. But if you're reading the Bible forwards, this is the first time that we got this idea that 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 God would be a God of mercy and forgiveness. I mean, first time out with the covenant, you know, the people had to go through this whole ordeal where they got blood splattered on them and they had to promise to obey, and and we all knew they weren't going to do it because we know they can't do it, and God knew they couldn't do it. It's not like God's still figuring this covenant stuff out. there's a process there's a procedure that has to happen and and if you're wondering why it takes so long to get to God forgiven well before we can understand our need for forgiveness we have to recognize the hopelessness of our sin and and so that first covenant it wasn't like God tried it once and then he found out wow I guess these people aren't as good as I thought at keeping promises let's let's try this whole thing again this isn't what's happening God knows God knows and he's always been merciful and always been ready to forgive but if the mercy comes before the sin if the if the grace and and deliverance and the uh, letting us live when we deserve death if if all of that comes before the sin and the condemnation and the hopelessness and understand we would never know what grace is the mercy would seem empty. It would seem like that's just what God's obligated to do. You know, he's like your toothless old grandma who ain't ever going to get out of her chair and come swat you, no matter how many times she counts to three and threatens it, you know. No, God is a God of wrath and God is a God of judgment, but oh my goodness, his grace and mercy is more and this is new and this is the new revelation and so there is a covenant once more that god makes but notice in verse 10 god just makes it it's not a renewal of the old covenant because this time people don't respond you know this time it's just the lord said i'll make a covenant you know i'm gonna do something that nobody's ever seen before you know i'm gonna live with you because of mercy and forgiveness you know i'm gonna live with you and not kill you because even though the wages of sin is death the gift of god is eternal life you understand what i'm saying it's the gospel you all it's the gospel i love how when god reveals himself is this god of compassion and mercy the scripture says in verse 8 moses immediately threw himself down and worshiped i love that i just love that the gospel inspires worship like nothing else What follows sounds a lot like what we've been reading before, God kind of going back over the terms of the covenant here. But honestly, if you look closely, what we find mostly in chapter 34 are instructions predominantly on how to worship God and God alone. This is their problem. They tend toward idolatry, just like me and you. They tend toward idolatry. And so most of what is emphasized here in chapter 34 is the way they're going to stay separate, the way they're not going to go out there and follow the same gods and goddesses and idols as their neighbors. You're not going to lust after their gods, he says. You're not going to sacrifice at their altars. You're not going to give your daughters and sons in marriage to their daughters and sons. Understand, just an aside, Scripture never forbids mixed-race marriages. I know a lot of us in the South, we've had a hard time, but get over it. Um, Scripture never forbids mixed-race marriages, but Scripture frequently forbids mixed-faith marriages, you know? It don't matter what color your son brings home as long as he brings home a Christian girl, you know what I'm saying? Mixed-faith marriages are forbidden, mixed-race marriage, God don't care. He's not looking on the outside, he looks on the heart, you know? And so he's saying, you're not going to give your sons and daughters you know, to these you know, pagans. You know, no, 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 you're going to worship me and worship me alone. Notice the emphasis on God's jealousy. You know, you're going to worship me and worship me alone. So Exodus 34 kind of begins once more the instructions, the rehearsal of the covenant. And then once more, as I said, God writes the 10 words, the 10 commandments on the stone tablets <clears throat> quickly. When Moses comes down off of Sinai, uh, his face is radiant uh, again I, i'm an i'm an art history person um, this word here especially in the latin and, and through years of translation you know this radiation from moses's face uh, in in some instances it was mistranslated or misinterpreted as horns like instead of like glory radiating from Moses's face it was like he had you know horns and so you'll often find in art Moses will have horns like Michelangelo has that great amazing sculpture of Moses with the tablets and he's got horns you know again it's a misunderstanding of this text where Moses's face radiates you know beams of glory beams of light and Paul makes something of this later, the way that that glory would would beam and then fade. And of course, Moses makes an illustration of how the glory of the old covenant fades. But but I don't don't know. In, In this instance, the emphasis isn't on the fact that his face faded. The emphasis is on the fact that sometimes his face shone. You know, and I love that. I mean, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I'm all with Paul. I know how the old covenant fades just like Moses' glory fades, but oh my goodness, and glory may have faded, but sometimes because he'd been the presence of God, his face shone with light. Man, I love that. I love that. So he put a veil over his face sometimes until he returned to speak with the Lord. Yeah, I know it faded, but uh, but sometimes it shone. And you know, what an amazing thing what an amazing man what an amazing God you know so there you go the revelation of grace and forgiveness how's God going to live with sinful crazy people well if you read Exodus chapter 34 he lives with us not despite the fact that we sin but because we do you know because I mean Moses said I mean these are stubborn and rebellious people they can't make it without you you know is that not the truth Oh my goodness, I need him with me because I can't walk straight, because I can't live right, because I can't seek after him with a whole heart. He's going to have to come and walk with me because I'm not able to walk with him. You understand? It's the grace. It's the mercy. It's the gospel. He comes to us to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. We can't do it without him. It's it's an amazing revelation of how God saves us right here. He saves us by his mercy. He is a God of compassion uh, filled with unfailing love and forgiveness. So this time it's a covenant made, but it's unconditional. He's going to love them. He's going to forgive them. He's going to stay with them. Oh, man, what a great God. I love you guys so much. Stay warm. I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm recording on Friday. I don't even know how cold you all are on Monday. But uh, anyway, I know that it's warm in God's words. So stay in the Word. Stay inside today. And Lord willing, I'll see you in the morning at 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. I'm sorry. Um, chapters 35 36 37 and 38 four chapters four chapters good night i know i know a lot of this is kind of what we've had before with the, the description of worship and the sabbath and the tabernacle and it's not all brand new but much of it is and uh and so let's just get through it tomorrow chapter 35 36 37 and 38 four chapters get through those and i'll hit the high points with you in the morning lord will and and clap for 10 with tim love you guys so much happy monday